I want to welcome everyone back. As you recall, I am Luann Panessi from Gary Knowles. And today I'm going to be talking about um, the, the next step from understanding self-care. Uh, we spoke the last time about all the different facets of self-care, from physical to physiological to spiritual, environmental. So how do we get that going? How do we maintain it? And what is the drive behind that that helps us to make the right choices each day? So today I want to talk about the whole concept of self-esteem and emotions and our feelings. So many people that I work with believe that they are their disease. I am a cancer patient. No, you're not. You're a human being having an experience. I am a Parkinson's patient. No, you're not. You're a human being and your body is begging for your attention. And depending on your genetics and you know, the environment you live in and the emotions you're hanging on to, that's how disease manifests. So I don't like to call anyone a cancer patient or a cancer victim or a cancer survivor. You're a human being who's had an experience. And as I've reminded you, there are two things in this life. There's good information to which we respond, and that could be a medical diagnosis, it could be a loss, it, it could be any number of events. It could be suddenly having to wear masks. And I'm noticing now that people are coming out with these designer masks. This is a whole new industry, right? Necessity is the mother of invention. There are people sewing masks like crazy all different prints and putting the quilt in and the flannel and using twisty ties for your hair as the rubber bands because it's softer on your ears than rubber bands. It's hysterical, but you got to love it. People are starting to get inventive. So we want to look at Good information, we respond. The rest of the things, the people and the events that we have absolutely no control over. We can't control 5G. We can, we can protest it, but we really can't control what they're going to do. All we can do is try and stay ahead of the curve and make really, really, really good choices to help ourselves stay happy, joyful, and sustainable. And most people, when they have a feeling, they feel that they are the feeling. I'm angry. I'm an angry person. I'm a scared person. I'm an anxious person. I'm a depressed person. No, you're just having a feeling. And what you do with the feeling is what's going to make you sick or healthy. So thoughts and feelings are just thoughts and feelings. They're not who you are. It's, again, it's that experience that you're having. So when I work with people, I suggest that you learn this phenomenal thing called detached involvement. The most successful people in the world, the happiest, most enlightened people in the world practice this little technique called detached involvement. And detached involvement simply means 
with whatever you're involved in, stay involved with it. But you need to learn to detach yourself from the outcomes. So you stay involved with whatever is going on, but you stay detached from having to take on other people's stuff. And I'm, I was the kind of person, I still am, I, I have this incredible empathy in, in every cell in my fiber. And I remember once I was, I, I was living in Ringwood, New Jersey at the time, and I was driving up Skyline Drive, a, a very beautiful um, road, and uh, I saw someone hit a dog, beautiful golden retriever, and I witnessed it. It was the, the car in front of me, and I quickly pulled off to the side. I ran across the road because the dog was in the middle of the road, and uh, that dog looked in my eyes with such pain, mm. and I reached over to get the dog, and a truck, boom, ran him over. Oh my God, you're not I was mortified. The dog died instantly. And I was, I was overcome with, with emotion and angst, which is normal. My God, that's normal. But you know, th th I remember that dog looking into my eyes right before I was able to, to take and, and pull it off the road and boom, that truck, it would have run me over. Just smashed. So. We have experiences like this. There's nothing wrong with feeling emotion. The idea is I had to pull back. I had to bless that dog on its journey. I had to forgive myself for not being able to get it off the road in time. And I had to congratulate myself for having that kind of empathy to help an animal in need. You know, I used to eat meat. Meat was a, a vital part of my diet growing up. And now, my neighbors, I have cows on all three sides. Most of my neighbors. So when I go out to feed my chickens, I've got cows that come over. They know I have hay. That's why they come over. And when I give them the hay, they look me right in the eyes, just like that dog did. They look right through you. And one of my neighbors, turns out, has a sanctuary for, for cows. And he saves them from being slaughtered. And he gives them a place to stay. So these cows are just loving. And it's amazing. Most cows, like the Angus cows that are, are being raised for slaughter, they are very skittish. They want nothing to do with human beings. But the ones that are in sanctuary kind of know they're, they're safe. It's, it's amazing. And when you, when you look into an animal's eyes like that and you realize they have emotions too, I could never, never put a piece of meat or poultry in my mouth again. It's an interesting, that's why we have birds and animals here, so that people understand they have their own culture, they have their own energies, they have their own journeys. So I want to remind every single person here in the room, there at home, that each and every one of us is a unique, gifted individual. And we need to nurture that concept, nurture that thought. Every single person here is gifted in some way. And that makes you magnificent. But what if someone comes over to you and tells you, 
When you go out running, go to the end of the line. Don't let anyone breathe your air. If you allow someone else's energy like that to make you feel not good, that's what you're going to hold on to. You're going to hold on to that. Right? That, that has everything to do with stuff from our past, which is why the last time I spoke with you all, part of self-care, the emotional self-care, is forgiveness. You've got to start forgiving everybody in your past for doing what they did, and you've got to forgive yourself. This now puts you on a path of building self-esteem. <clears throat> now, I'm not talking about self-esteem, making yourself above everybody else. I'm not talking about self-esteem, needing to put people down to make yourself feel good. I'm talking about learning to appreciate the magnificent spirit residing in this body, for this go-around. And what a huge responsibility you have to nurture that spirit and this body. So you learn not to take it for granted, even though our bodies are finite, when you're living in a place of joy and love, that is infinite. When you're living in a place of joy and love, and I'm talking about unconditional love, that is infinite. When we die, three quarters of a pound leaves our body. And we've done this. I've, I've been a nurse on the units for a lot of years. And if you weigh someone, we would weigh people, and then they die. <clears throat> and, you know, three or four hours later they die. We weigh them when we bring them down to the morgue. And they're at least three quarters of a pound lighter. Spirit leaves the body. The spirit is omnipresent. It's what we call superconscious energy. And guess what? You have access to that. You have access to that every day. Most of us don't understand that. Some of us call it higher power, God, Buddha, Allah, call it whatever you want. You have higher power, you have access to the wisdom of people's spirits. And then the body parts is just the physical body. It's just the arms and legs and organs, and that's it. Now, before I move on to learning about what emotions reside in each organ, we're going to do a quick exercise. And every single one of you at home and here in the room, we're going to practice this for the duration of our time together. When people ask you, how are you, they really don't want to know. They don't want to know. And most of us, when we ask, hey, how are you doing? Well, you know, the hemorrhoids acting up. I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. And, you know, I've had this migraine and now my mother-in-law, oh, you don't even know what I have to deal with it. People don't, really don't want to know. It's kind of a social thing to say, I acknowledge the fact that you're here, and I want you to know that, in a way, I care about you. <clears throat> we don't really want to know how you're doing. And what do we usually say when people say, how are you doing? We usually say, fine. I'm fine. I'm good. Some people say, I'm getting along. You need to understand that every word that comes out of your mouth sinks into every cell in your body. So when you state, I'm all right, your cells are going to be all right. 
So <clears throat> from here on in, I want you to practice affirming your greatness. Yeah. Now, some of you are saying, well, I'm really not that great. Well, you don't think you are because you're believing what other people tell you. But I'm telling you right here and now, every single person in this room is a magnificent spirit. You may have had crappy tools. You may have had crappy pasts and crappy conditioning. And so be it. Take a ticket and get online. That's everybody. <laughs> it's everybody. But you have a choice. You can allow the experiences of your past to justify your victimhood in present day, or you can learn lessons from your past and develop a core of inner strength and wisdom. Learn the lesson and leave all those crappy emotions behind. You're allowed to do that. We didn't think we were allowed. Not only are you allowed to do it, you're responsible for letting those emotions go. The emotions are important in the moment. Of course they are. But then once, you, once that emotion gets your attention and you're focused on what do I have to do to resolve this terrible feeling I'm feeling, then you move on and you do what you got to do. I came from a very, very physically abusive background. Both of my parents had uncontrolled rages. And anytime we defied them or we did something wrong, they would beat us till we bled. And then we had to go and peroxide all our sheets off because she didn't want to buy new sheets. And this is how I grew up. Now, I, when you don't know how anybody else grew up, you think everybody. And, you know, i got to tell you, a lot of people in my age group, they all had parents with rages. These are kids of immigrants that had very, you know, archaic you know, upbringing with their immigrant parents from Europe. So that's what I had. That's what I grew up with. And I believed I equated love with pain. So I sabotaged every relationship that I was in. I wanted nothing to do with having a family because I equated love with pain. And she would be screaming and yelling at me. And I always felt like I was hurt. I was not making my parents happy. And I was just overall not a good person, right? And, and then came the, the kicker when she says, I beat you because I love you. And I was like, hate me a little. A little, you know? So we all grew up with some kind of pain, whether it's sexual abuse or physical abuse or emotional abuse or even just plain old abandonment. We all grew up with some kind of a pain. Now, what good can come of that kind of a, a childhood? Well, for one thing, I'm a staunch advocate against child abuse and animal abuse. If I see anyone beating a child, I call 911 and have them arrested. If I see anyone abusing an animal, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty strong. John Q will tell you. I don't tolerate that crap. These animals need us. We are, we are here to support them. How dare someone take out rage because they don't have the tools? Yeah, we'll learn some tools. Right now we have a lot of tools out there to help people help themselves. There's really no reason to resort to that kind of violence. 
So that good came of that. That's something good that came from that past. I also developed a core, an inner core of strength that is immovable. So they, she could have broken my body, but I would not allow them to break my spirit. So I had an opportunity to rise above that, and I did. And now I spend my day helping everybody else, helping other people who are willing to receive the information and integrate it to help themselves feel really terrific. So from here on in, when someone asks you, how are you? There's a couple of levels here. The very first level, you ask Gary any, any day of the week, Gary, how are you doing? And what do you think he's going to say? Excellent. I'm always excellent. You can practice this. You practice in the mirror. That's a joke, those of you at home. You don't have to practice that in the mirror. Just saying. So whenever you ask Gary how he's doing, he will say, I'm always excellent. So that's level one. You gotta, I want you all to ask each other, how you doing? And you're going to say, that's, I'm excellent. All right. Now, there's a second level. You'll hear me say it all the time. Many of you have asked, hey, Luann, how are you doing today? And what do I say? I am blessed and highly favored. So that's level two. Level two is I'm blessed and highly favored. And if someone says, what makes you so blessed and highly favored? You tell them, I woke up above ground. It's a good day. Yeah, I'm blessed and highly favored. And if people say it back to you, you say, yes, you are, because you're talking to me. Now, who knows the third level? Oh, God, some of you have heard this before. The third level is, now some of you are going to feel uncomfortable saying this, but the more you practice it, the easier it gets. You say, I'm a living magnet for miracles. How you doing today? I'm a living magnet for miracles today. Hold on, I feel one coming on. <laughs> I, every word that comes out of your mouth goes into your body. So when you say, I'm a living magnet for miracles, your body is just, yeah, yeah. Now, there's a next level. And I tell people, if, if you answer people with the highest level of self-esteem, they often puke on their shoes because they cannot tolerate anyone with that level of self-esteem. And the highest level is, I am a magnificent expression of all that is. And you are. I am a magnificent expression of all that is. How do you like that? That works. Try it. Now, the first time you do it, you're going to feel kind of dumb. It's like, ah, oh, yeah. But what if I'm really not? Well, I'm telling you, you are. It's all your past conditioning that helped you to believe that you're anything less than magnificent expression of all that is. All the wisdom of the universe is in your body. You just need to access it. And so many of us are so 
enmeshed in our emotions, that we really don't get to live our lives. So what I'd like to explain today are, this is a concept from Ayurvedic medicine, as well as Chinese medicine. The Chinese figured this out over 5,000 years ago. And it's all about our emotions and how they resonate with different organs in our body. All right, now we've suppressed the information and the wisdom from Chinese medicine from years ago. I mean, thousands of years ago, this information was available but they suppressed it in the Western world, especially with industrialization. And it started trickling back in. And when I learned this in Chinese medicine, I took a, a, I got a four-year degree in Chinese medicine. I was fascinated by it, absolutely fascinated. And it started all to make sense to me. So when someone says to me, when someone comes to me and says, I've had um, upper respiratory infections my entire life, and I just can't seem to shake it. I'm just suffering with all this upper respiratory infection. Usually I ask them, do you have some kind of unresolved grief? Do you have a hard time creating change in your routine? And they go, oh my God, how did you know that? You know, they think it's magical. No, it's basic Chinese medicine. So I'm going to run through these organs. I want to start with the kidneys. I mentioned this the last time. In Chinese medicine, the kidneys have the adrenals. Ad means on top, renal means kidney, adrenal. The adrenal gland sits on top of the kidney and it's there for your fight or flight, right? You got, you're there, you see an emergent situation, you can jump in and all your energy goes there. The adrenals is your emergency backup. In Chinese medicine, it's also about your lifespan, which is why it is so important to sleep six to eight hours a night, because that is when your body is recharging. That is when your adrenals are getting needed rest. And by the way, the adrenals hold on to the grand majority of the vitamin C that you put into your body. The second highest concentration is the aqueous humor of your eye. The aqueous humor of your eye. That's the second highest concentration of vitamin C in our body. Most people say, oh, I take 500 milligrams of vitamin C a day. You know, 500 milligrams, you should be taking 10,000 milligrams a day if you want to support all of your organs in this kind of an in, in the environment that we're in right now. Because the more angst you hold on to, the more taxed your adrenals are, and you're just slicing down your natural lifespan. Right? Here, with anti-aging, we're trying to expand your natural lifespan. But first, we've got to get you out of the old stuff that's naturally cutting your lifespan down. So, in a healthy kidney, the healthy kidney is all about wisdom of the universe. It's all about wisdom. Now, when you learn lessons, you learn a degree of wisdom. You know, by now you see Gary has this channeled information. He, he is just, 
He's tireless when it comes to learning and understanding and putting things in its proper context. He says something before, he says, I make sense out of nonsense. Because <laughs> I have people sending me all kinds of articles and the reason for the, the COVID virus, it's 5G, it's 5G. Yeah, no, no, 5G is not good, but I'm not causing a COVID virus. So, you know, it's wisdom. And when you hold on, put your time on developing wisdom, knowledge is just knowing information. Wisdom is living it. So to know how important green juices are to the body is one thing. To flood the body with green juices all afternoon is wisdom. I understand what I'm doing and that's why I'm doing it every day. No one has to tell me, right? So the kidneys are also about perseverance. Don't write this down. I have handouts for everybody and I'm going to be sending you this at home. It's about perseverance. No matter what, you push on, you persevere, you go. No matter what obstacles come in your path, you go. We could have canceled this whole anti-aging program. We could have, it would have been easy and we persevered. Gary said, no, we have a challenge. We're gonna create ways to figure it out. We're gonna figure it out. And I have the Board of Health calling me. I heard you have New Yorkers down there. I said, we're all quarantined. We got masks, we got personal air purifiers, we got gloves, we're alcoholing our surfaces off. Please stop by any time. I'm a Texas registered nurse. I'm happy to accommodate any, anyone. Come anytime you want, because we're all being quarantined. Oh my God, it was such a relief. So it's perseverance, no matter what. I remember I said, I made phone calls, get down here four days early. Just about every one of you came down four days early. We did it. So perseverance. And then of course, very important when you have healthy kidneys and adrenals is willpower. Willpower is when this is all over and you go home, and you're surrounded by people who are drinking alcohol, smoking cigarettes, eating fast food. You're surrounded by people that are stressing out over things. You have the willpower to stay focused on what you're doing. Does that make sense? It's a wonderful way to live. And finally, the kidneys are about the ability to calm yourself. And when you calm yourself, you're really building up the adrenal glands. And that's what lifespan is about. That is what anti-aging is about. And that's why I start with nurturing the kidney chi or energy. Now in another one of my lectures, I'm gonna do a whole presentation on practical applications of Chinese medicine. It's really a blast. And you're going to look, you're going to consider what are, where are the organs I have to focus on? So for instance, the lung, the lung channel goes, it comes down, goes all the way down here. And there's a point. And all you do is massage that point, massage that point. And you're going to stand, Susan's going, give me the point, give me the point. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a great point to tonify the lungs. We're going to learn a whole bunch of, of stuff. I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am. We have so many great lectures to do together. So it's about calm and the ability to be content. Oh my God, content. How can I be content? Easy. It's a choice. 
it's a choice. So that is why we want you to be in quiet, in solitude, relaxing, be in nature. By the way, has anyone smelled the aroma on this property today? I don't know how things are at home, no matter where you all are located, but down here, it's spring, it's 84 degrees, and the flowers are all opening up. And by the way, you know, Gary is a beekeeper. You notice all the honeybees? We have lots of honeybees, and they are working overtime. We had to expand the beehives because the bees are so happy and so productive. So just be. Be with the birds, be with the animals, be with the aromas. Listen to all the birds out there. Be able to just sit and be content and relax. Such, that was the hardest thing for me, by the way. Hardest thing for me, okay? I'm, I'm your quintessential workaholic. I was. And I, I, I never felt I was worthy unless I was busy doing things for everyone all day long. <laughs> Not now. I always take care of me. Yes, I can, I can do a lot of multitasking. I can get a lot done in a day, more than most. I get that. But I have my relaxed time. Every morning I sit for a half hour. I try and sit outside in nature. And every evening when I get home, I have 12 chickens. I let them out. They free range because otherwise owls and hawks will come down and scoop them up. So I sit there and the chickens hop up on my lap and they hang out. And then they jump down, another one jumps up, and it's so relaxing to just be outside, to be with nature, and it's relaxing. It helps me ground at the end of the day. So if you know anything about yoga or tai chi, it's about balance. There are times when you're pushing forward. There are times when you're, when you're drawing back. There are times where you're doing more lateral moves, and there are times where you're just standing still. And life is just about that. Most people just want to be comfortable. They don't want any stress. They just want to be comfortable. But that's not life. That's an illusion. You need to embrace the challenges, create the challenges. My whole life has just been a series of challenges. And then when you, you figure out what to do to meet that challenge, guess what? Another challenge is going to come right along. So instead of resisting and contracting back, you get out there, right? Deb had an opportunity to stay home. I said, stay home, stay under your covers and, and shiver in fear and get into it. Get into it. Or you can come down here and change your whole life. Have a whole new outlook. Be with happy, healthy people. Be in a clean, healthy environment with delicious gourmet food. It's really up to you. She made the right choice. She showed up. She pushed past. Now, suppose the kidneys are imbalanced. People have chronic urinary tract infections. People have kidney stones. Now, there are physiological causes for imbalances, and there's also emotional causes. So the imbalanced kidneys live in fear and indecision. Oh my God, what if this happens? What if that happens? I can't decide. Oh, should I stay? Should I go? I don't know. I don't know. You know, you're going to have chronic kidney condition. Remember, the kidney is about your lifespan. It's about how you age. So the more you angst and fear and you have phobias and you have loathing and oh my God, what about this and what about that? 
That's an imbalanced kidney. So when you understand which emotions are healthy for the kidney and which are not, experience the anxiety, experience the fear, because the negative emotion is actually there to get your attention. And then once it gets your attention, you're supposed to focus on what you're supposed to do to manage whatever the cause is of the negative emotion. Does this make sense? This is critical because any imbalance in any organ in your body has to do with what emotion you're choosing not to deal with in the moment, right? And we become those negative emotions and those negative emotions are going right into that kidney and chopping your lifespan down. So that's the kidney. Let's talk about the heart. The heart is also very important, obviously, and um, the heart and the small intestines, by the way, are what we call a yin-yang pair. What happens in one happens in the other. So people that have gut biome issues also have issues with their heart, okay? Now, the positive emotion, obviously, of the heart is what? Love, happiness, joy and allowing yourself to experience bliss. So few of us experience bliss. I'm gonna uh, bring a book in. I did this at the last meeting also. Um, there's a book called Mutant Message Down Under. Yeah. <laughs> Have any of you read it? What's it called? Mutant Message Down Under. I'm gonna bring the book in and um, it's a fabulous story. I'm going to go over the book uh, and some of the excerpts from it. And one of the things that, that the indigenous people of Australia, that's the down under do, is when it rains, they celebrate. They go out there and they, butt naked, they open their arms and they get, let themselves be rained on from the heavens. And it's bliss. It's amazing things that we would never think to do. Now, I'm not suggesting you all go out and get naked in the rain, please. We'll get arrested. But I'm just saying, experience bliss. You know, um, I have a coach. Um, I, I'm a, I am a coach, but I also have a coach. And um, one, before we end our chats together, she said, uh, do everything with joy. Do everything with joy. You know, even cl cleaning out the chicken coop. I still do it with joy. I have a good time. I want you all to have a good time. Now, that doesn't mean don't have responsibility. It doesn't mean don't do your share of work. No, it means do everything with joy. It's a choice. Being happy is a choice. It's not an end point. I, I want to I do this program because I want to be happy. Be happy because you're doing the program. Just be happy. No matter what gets thrown at me, I'm pretty happy. It's a choice. It's the way I live, right? So what happens when there's imbalance in the heart? That is worry. Where are my worriers? 
worry, 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 worry. I worry about this. I worry about that. I worry about the other thing. And then I worry about the climate change and I worry about the pollen and Donald Trump. Oh my God, I worry about this. They worry. They have to worry about everything. And if you're not worrying, they, they say, well, the reason I'm worrying is because no one else is worrying. Someone has to worry and it's going to be me. And they usually have crappy gut biomes. Their small intestines, they don't, they don't digest real well. So worry, anxiety, guilt, and on top of all that comes insomnia. These are people that can't fall asleep. A lot of the times that has to do with metabolic heat rising up into the brain. <clears throat> and that's gut biome. Metabolic heat is the small intestine. You've got stuff going on in there, whether it's parasites or yeast or whatever, you, you know, tapeworms. I used Gary's bug out for six months when it first came out. And I go, I don't know what I'm taking this for, but I'm taking it because he says we should all take it. So I took it and one day I, I passed a, a tapeworm and I never saw a tapeworm in my life. And I said to Gary, this, this ribbon just kept coming out of my butt. And I started pulling it and pulling it. And this big giant thing came out of me. It was a tapeworm. I had no idea. So boy, oh boy, did I keep taking the bug out. I, said, I don't know what the hell's up there, but I want out, <laughs> out. <laughs> but I used to have very severe cravings and I used to eat. I used to gouge myself on food. I was so hungry. I was feeding my tapeworm. Oh, no more. Thank God for that. So again, I'm going to give you all a copy of this. Anxiety, worry, guilt, and insomnia. That's when, the, when you have some kind of heart disease. All right. Now, I'll also tell you that each of these organs influences the other organ in a certain way. That is the core of Chinese medicine, understanding how the emotions influence all the organs, not just one. So the next organ is my favorite, the liver. The liver is responsible for giving energy up, down, back, Forth, this way, that way, in all different directions. The liver is the governor of your body. The liver is also there to detoxify the garbage that you're putting into your body, whether it's cigarettes or alcohol or, or synthetic drugs or other medications. It's so funny, when I first started giving my mother vitamins, she says, I think this is going to overwhelm my liver. I better not take all these. It's too much for my liver. Yeah, no, mom. The wine every night is too much for your liver. The Jack Daniels is too much for your liver. The meat and the poultry and the dairy and the gluten are way too much for your liver. They don't learn that. You know, they don't, they don't get that. You know, they're coming from the post-World War II era where, you know, frozen TV dinners. Remember those? <laughs> really showing my age, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> So um, the liver is very, very, very important in terms of your emotions. When you have a healthy detoxified liver, you are extremely good at planning things. You're able to sit down and say, these are going to be my goals and intentions for the year. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. It's also phenomenal when you have a healthy liver you can make a decision like that. You can make a decision just like that. You're very decisive because that energy is flowing all through your body and all the other organs are receiving 
that energy. So when you have a healthy detoxified liver, and that's going to mean green juices, uh, lots of fiber in the diet. The fiber in the diet not only cleans out physically the 30 feet of intestines that you have, but it also goes into the gallbladder and the liver and cleans out the tributaries. And that's your soluble fiber, inulin, guar gum, pectin. These go right into the gallbladder and the liver and they pull toxins out. Fantastic. If you have a very high fiber diet, you'll notice your bowel movements change significantly. And anyone who's been following the diet on this protocol, you should notice a, an enormous change in your bowel movements, in the consistency, in the volume. So it makes a big difference. So the liver and the gallbladder work together, obviously. You notice you have a dense organ and a hollow organ. The gallbladder is a hollow organ. The heart is a dense organ. The small intestine is a hollow organ, right? The kidneys is a solid organ. The bladder is what we call a hollow organ. It holds the urine, right? But we call that a hollow organ. So you, it's yin and yang, dense and less dense. It's all about Chinese medicine. They figured this out thousands of years ago. They got it. And they understand there are channels of energy that go through the body with acupuncture points all over them. And when you hit that point, you're communicating with that organ. So when you hit the lung point here, you're, you're going to feel it. And you're going to feel it in, your, in, your, in the organ. It's absolutely amazing. And by the way, anytime someone suffers a loss, someone passes away, they lose a pet, they lose a family member, they lose a job, mock my words, within two weeks, they're going to have an upper respiratory infection because the lungs are all about grief. We're going to talk about that. So also the liver is about having kindness and compassion. So when you have a, a detoxified liver, you're good at planning, you're good at making decisions, you have a load of kindness and compassion that you share. When your liver is toxic, that's when you have anger, hostility, rage, resentment, entitlement, and self-righteousness. Anybody know any of those? The whole goddamn population because all of our livers are toxic. These people that have toxic livers, and by the way, the time of the liver, the height of the liver is between one and three in the morning. And that's when most of your drunks are getting involved with shooting incidences, beating up incidences, and car accidents. That's the time of the liver. So when people are drunk between one and three in the morning, they are dangerous because they're full of anger, hostility, rage. Yeah, no angry drunks, yeah. It's all about liver toxicity. That's why we want everybody on green juices all afternoon. That's why we want people exercising. That's why we want people to have healthy diets so you're not congesting the liver. That's why we want you to have as few toxic things in your body as humanly possible. Yeah, that's why we don't have alcohol and we don't smoke pot and we don't, you know, we're not smoking cigarettes or anything else like that, that ruins the body. It all rots in the liver. So if you know people that are super duper angry, understand they probably have a very toxic liver. And immediately you think, what do we cope with when we're angry? Alcohol. 
yeah. So there's your liver. Now, we all, in Chinese medicine, we have this thing called the spleen in our body. It stores red blood cells. Doesn't, we're really not quite sure what it's doing in there. But in Chinese medicine, it's the solid organ that works with the stomach. In fact, it sits directly behind the stomach on the right side, on the left side of your body. So the spleen and the stomach are a yin-yang pair. And the stomach and the spleen are all about mental clarity. Mental clarity. One of the first things I noticed when I started detoxing, I noticed I had a lot more mental clarity. I was a lot clearer about who I was and what the heck I was doing. And when I walked into the hospital where I worked, I, you know, I oversaw over 100 people. I was a, the assistant director of adult medicine, neurology, oncology, and geriatrics. I walked into my office and I thought to myself, I don't belong here anymore. I was groomed and conditioned and indoctrinated to live in this setting. And I don't belong here anymore. I had such clarity when I got back. And shortly after that, I actually came to a second retreat and taught meditation every day, five days a week. And um, after the second retreat, that's when I asked them to please terminate my position. I said, I have a great way of saving you over $100,000 a year. And they said, great, what's your idea? I said, terminate my position. And they did, happily. They didn't like me anyway. I was very outspoken, <laughs> but that's all right. Uh, my, my units ran like well-oiled machines. I empowered everybody. Everybody had high levels of self-esteem. Right before change of shift report, we'd all stand in a circle, give each other back rubs and turn around and do it again. And then we sat down and they gave change of shift report. It was a different environment. And I was criticized for that severely because I wasn't following the policy. That's okay. We'll learn about dynamic energies. Sometimes you gotta just do it. So the spleen is about mental clarity. It's about imagination. You'll notice that a lot of artists don't have too many issues of the stomach. They don't have ulcers because they're, they have profound imaginations. Um, and it's about grasping information. When you have a healthy digestion, it's easier for you to learn and pick things up versus phasing out. Now, when the spleen is and the stomach are not balanced. <clears throat> That's when you have the people that over-intellectualize. Anybody know them? <clears throat> These are the people that have to know everything down to the nanoparticle. They, uh, yes, I understand, I, we need amino acids, but the nanotechnology in the literature says that, blah, 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 blah. So they, they their whole life is about intellect. It's not who they are. It's just, it gives them an illusion of security to have lots of information. I once had a guy that sent me a gigantic box of every cassette of Gary's shows from when he started them in the 70s. And I'm thinking, is he nuts? 
well, the guy was dying and he said, someone should have these. I'm sending these to you. I'm like, what? So, I mean, Gary has them all archived, but um, this is someone who over-intellectualized and categorized everything. If you're not using it, get rid of it. One of the greatest things I did was go through my bookshelf. And if I'm not using the book, I donate it. I donate it to nursing homes, skilled, you know, skilled nursing facilities, retirement villages. They love that stuff. Hand it over. If you're not using it anymore, let somebody else enjoy it. Oh, and it's so good to let go of all that physical bookness. <laughs> Just long. Let somebody else enjoy it. So what else? Um, obsessive compulsive behavior. Everyone I know with obsessive compulsive or paranoid behavior, um, these are the people that have ulcers and GERD because they're holding onto everything in their stomachs. And finally, we talk about the lungs. When you have healthy lungs, you're very good with bonding with people. So when you're out there power walking every day and you're exercising and you're doing your cardiovascular, I mean, John Q is a perfect example of someone who bonds easily with people. He just, it, it's, his lungs are so strong that it's easy for him. And he doesn't, he doesn't need to control anybody. He doesn't need to uh, be authoritative over anybody. It's easy for him to share his knowledge with people because he's got such healthy lungs. So it's about bonding. It's about pressing ahead, no matter what, because you've got the stamina. And most of all, the lungs are about establishing order. So anytime John Q comes down here, he says, okay, that's gotta go, that's gotta go, and that's gotta go. I wanna bring in ropes, I wanna bring in this, and I wanna bring in that. So He's very good at establishing order. Now, I'll also tell you that a strong skeletal muscle means strong digestion. So you need to all understand everything we're doing on this protocol is critical and it's very deliberate. So the reason we want you to do cardiovascular power walking, open up those lungs, clear them out. And we want you to do physical training is because a strong muscle means strong digestion because the muscles are saying to your stomach, I need nutrition, get it in me, come on, let's go. And when you're having a healthy diet with healthy fluids and your protein smoothies, you're giving your body all the amino acids, all of the things it needs, the red berries, the red berry powders are what the watermelon, building strong cellular integrity. So everything ties together. Everything is connected. <coughs> and then, obviously, when you have an imbalanced lung, you have chronic depression. It's very hard for you to let go of loss. I have a niece that was born with all five congenital heart defects. And because of that, she constantly has congestive heart failure. Her lungs are constantly filling with fluid and that backs up into the liver. So every year for the first 13 years of her life, she had open heart surgery where they had to do something else to repair something else in her heart. And she's had a permanent pacemaker. And, but again, because of the fluid backup in the lung from the heart, she has a very difficult time with loss. 
She wants everything to be permanent. The hardest time in her life was when her mom passed away when she was 12 years old from breast cancer. It was my older sister. And it was, um, she had the hardest time of everybody, not just because she was 12 and she lost her mom, but because of the fact that her lungs were so, um, they were so fragile. And I understood that. And I, I took my nieces every weekend for like six months after she died to make sure they were in, you know, surrounded by, by love and something positive and things like that. And, you know, um, you need to be aware. And ironically, uh, she is a nurse in pediatric intensive care and she works with all the kids who are having open heart surgery every year like she did. So isn't it funny how the circle of life continues? So she's their hope to say, hey, hey, look at this. I had 13 of them. You can do it. I can do it. You can do it. So she gives these kids, these little, these little tiny kids that are going through the same thing she went through. She's, I have permanent pacemaker right here. I've had it since I'm born. You can have yours too, no problem. So they don't feel like they're freakish. They're in their own little category, but they're okay. Yeah. And you learn when you, when you have strong kidneys, strong heart, strong liver, strong spleen, strong lungs, suddenly you stop having the need to judge everyone. You stop having the need to judge yourself and to criticize yourself. You learn to fall in love with you and never ever leave you again. Because so many of us have lost ourselves to our conditioning, to our peers, to unrealistic expectations that we're trying to meet all the time. You learn to be in a place where you're just happy with you, with all of your little flaws and all of your little quirks. You learn to just love you and you stop judging yourself and you stop judging other people. You, you observe them with detached involvement. You stay involved in with what you're doing in the moment and you just don't have the need to fix everybody and to save everybody. You know, Gary, one of the things Gary taught me was the fact that not everybody deserves our health, our help rather. Not everyone deserves it. There are what I call the confused. They are the confused people. No matter what you give them, they'll be confused. No matter how clearly you make it out to them, they'll be confused. Or the overwhelmed. There are the overwhelmed. And that's a very, very nice way of saying, don't expect too much from me. I'm overwhelmed. Right? Don't, expect to, don't expect me to change because I'm confused. And people will also come up with other excuses. I don't have the time to do this. Who could work out and eat and juice and the working? Ugh. Meditate out in nature. Who can do all this is too much. I don't have the time. All you got is time. <laughs> what you do with your time is what makes you sick or healthy. And, other, and the other excuse people make is, who can afford all this? Who can afford organic food? Let me tell you. Beans and grains and homegrown vegetables are much cheaper than meat and dairy and chips and all that other crap. Much cheaper. We did it in the health support group. He made us all go out. We, we went shopping we, and said, all right, well, people, you guys, you've cost out buying 
this amount for the week and you cost this amount. You're going to do the vegan diet, you're going to do a meat and dairy based diet. And it was cheaper to be organic and vegan because, you know, beans and grains are the peasant's diet. They're not expensive. Just throw in your spices and boom. You know, now, how many of you are noticing that Marshall is very craftily placing all different herbs all over the property? And they're ending up in your salads. And they're ending up in the meals. Everything that's going on here is deliberate. And it's all coming from a place of unconditional love. That's what this is about. So when you learn to love you, and you understand what organs, what negative emotions, if you hold on to them, are going to destroy your organs and cut your lifespan down, you learn to pay attention. Now again, fear is important. Fear is important because it keeps you safe. It keeps you from jumping off the cliff with the rest of the lemmings. So you should be afraid of things, but it's just like having a, 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 a water-filled uh, water pool. The water can refresh you, it can cool you off, and it can hydrate you. But you can also drown in an inch of water. If you hold your face down in it, you can drown. So you can let the emotions serve you, or you can let the emotions paralyze you. And some people let their anger paralyze them. Some people let their fears paralyze them. Some people let their worry and their need to over-intellectualize everything. It becomes who they are. And that's unfortunate. It's a limited understanding of who we are. So I'm hoping today that you have a little bit deeper insight into why we're doing each thing on the protocol, how it's strengthening your internal organs and how it's helping you to release the emotions that no longer serve you. Let them serve you and then release them. Just like I did when, when the dog got smashed by the truck. I, I felt the pain, I felt the panic. Oh my God, I was overcome. And then I had to pull back and say, this was this dog's journey. And I was, I could have been a part of it. I wasn't. And this is how everything, this is the experience. It's an experience. And I learned that I have an incredible compassion for animals that will never go away. And I had to forgive myself. I had to just bless the idiot who, who smashed them. The people that are so insensitive that they just smash into animals. It's okay. Too bad. Right? I have a guinea hen at home right now, and um, it was one of our guinea hens here, and it got out, and a pickup truck <laughs> smashed right into it, completely crushed its hip, and I rushed it to the vet, and I said, will, will this guinea hen survive, or is it going to die? And he said, well, amazingly, the, all of the internal structures are intact, but the hip bone is completely smashed into a million pieces. It's not going to have any innervation to the right leg and foot at all. So I said, is, is the bird in pain? And he said, the bird seems to be okay. It's going to need to be quiet for four, four weeks. It needs to be in quarantine for four weeks. So I got it a mask. No, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> so I kept it at home, and I, 
I actually built a miniature chicken coop in the vestibule of my house. I did. I'm going to have my head examined. The bottom line is the guinea hen, um, I gave it lots of good food and hydration, and it stayed still for four weeks. And then one day, it hopped out on one leg on its own. I took it back to the vet. I said, I need to know that this bird is not in pain. And he said, this bird is healthy and it looks fine. Its eyes are clear, all of its organs. They did blood work. The blood chemistry is perfect. And I built his own chicken coop in with my other chickens. I built him his own little coop. And after six months, he started coming out and integrating with the chickens. And to this day, he's got his limp leg dangling behind him and he hangs out with all the other chickens. I don't know how long he's gonna live, but he's happy, he's healthy, he's, he's in a good environment. And if he was with the other guinea hens, they would have trampled him. They would have rejected him. But the chickens kind of tolerate him. And I'm keeping him safe from, from predators. If that's my, part of my, my mission here on Earth, so be it. I saved the guinea hen. And you know what? Each one of you are doing the same thing. You're doing something to help people out there, or animals, or birds, whatever it is. I have three rescue parrots. I have th all three of them are rescues. They all have issues, but they're my parrots, and they're hysterical, and they have their own little personalities, and I love them to bits. And if that's my mission on this earth, so be it. I'm having a good time. So I want you all to make sure you're integrating fun, you're understanding this. Those of you at home, you'll be getting this. Phil will be sending this handout to you. Everyone here will get a copy of this. Think about it, journal on it, and see which, which emotions you've been hanging on to for just too long and you're ready to just let go of. All right, we're all here to support you. Thank you very much for your time and enjoy the rest of the day.